the advantage of this one in theory is that the editing is easier. Uh-huh. But if, if I'm accidentally deleting half of episodes, uh, perhaps this isn't the right tool for us. <laughs> You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 431 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined this week by Seth Miller. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Doing all right. You've had a eventful week, I think. Yeah. You know, <laughs> listen, I, I tried to do everything. I ended up not getting to do most things. Uh, or as I explained to my parents, I paid $800 for uh, eight pieces of public fried chicken. <laughs> the most expensive fried chicken that you've it's, had. It's, oh, Publix only got you know the, the standard eleven dollars out of me for that one, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the full thing in the bonus episode, but you had a, a crazy week of travel. Yeah, and yeah. fingers crossed, we're on attempt number what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Attempt number four for the Viasat rocket launch today. So hopefully, it finally goes. Do you think it will? Yeah, the weather for has finally cleared up quite a lot. And you're not fl- you're not yeah. flying back down there. I am not flying back down there. <laughs> I figured if I did that, it wouldn't happen. So. <laughs> oh man! Well, in in other news that I think you'll you're I think you're most interested in, uh, JetBlue is uh, firming up its Amsterdam operations. Yeah, they. This is a fun one in so many ways. We've talked about how they like fought to get the slots and all that other bits. And it, the good news is they finally sorted it out. So they got slots from the Dutch regulators. They're really good times, actually. It's like an 8 p.m. departure from Boston and a 10 p.m. departure from JFK. Mm-hmm. Planes are only on the ground for two hours. They turn right around and come back. Uh, in many ways, it's better than what they got at Heathrow when they started there. Yeah. And Gatwick. I mean, right, one of the Heathrow planes had like an eight hour layover or something. It was super weird times. Um, but the slots that they are, that they got are not considered, uh, historical. Like they don't come with historical traffic rights. So when October 28th or 30th, whatever that last Saturday in October is rolls around and the IATA season switches, uh, it's the 28th. Yeah. JetBlue still technically doesn't have slots for anything after that and won't technically have slots for next summer because these routes or these slots don't come with those rights. So the battle in terms of figuring this out is far from over, let's say. How does that work then? Like, so they come October 28th, they can operate up to that point. And then when the travel season switches, like they automatically just can't start flying again. Like they have to reapply or how does that? Well, so the the process to get the additional slots is uh, currently underway or the, the new season. Mm -hmm. Um, But lacking those being granted. Yeah. They, I mean, you can't just show up and land if you don't have slots. You, you get in trouble for that. Well, and I mean, I guess my point is, like, how far in advance do they have to? It sounds like it's already taken place. Like, I'm wondering, like, do they know months in advance that they won't have the slots? You, they know a little ways out. Um, I've heard exactly how far it is, but it's usually, I think it's a couple months for the sort of initial cycle of application. And then there's, well, what are other people returning? Are other people really going to use theirs? Mm-hmm. Can we you know, the horse trading, if you will, of trying to finagle. Yeah. But 
they're selling. So uh, they seem pretty confident. Um, mm-hmm. But the the other interesting thing about it is, um, to me, is that the addition of Amsterdam and the way the slots are and whatnot and how much they've been fighting for those would seem to be combined with the limited fleet availability. They just don't have enough planes to do everything they want mm-hmm. is going to further delay the Boston Paris route launch. And that's, I mean, are they back to flying the newer Airbuses across the ocean with the, yes, the correct. So yes, they're on the LRs. Now they had a brief window where they had to do a couple flights on just the regular Neo. Mm-hmm. That was not the LR. And the big difference there was an economy class. There's no hot meals yep. because there's no ovens in the back. Yep. Uh, but that has been resolved for now. Um, Airbus is continuing to deliver planes, albeit roughly three months late. And I think we talked last week about how that's going to continue through next year. Yep. Uh, but yeah, JetBlue in their earnings call, I guess it was last week, maybe it was the week before, recently said uh, they they need about 11 planes to do the full Amsterdam, London, Paris complement that they want to do. And right now they're at 11. Actually, they need 11. They're at eight right now, I believe. Okay. Maybe one more coming before the season starts. So we'll see. Yep. But obviously that helps that, you know, they're not doing the full Paris flights yet. So that's part of why. So are you going to be on this inaugural then? I am not. Uh, at least as it was scheduled and, and, and uh, when I looked initially, it, they actually didn't have any seats for sale on the first day, they, oh. which is what they did in London also. And then eventually it opened up and I just had trouble. I didn't find it. Um, the dates on it are not great for me. So when does it start? Um, sometime that's not great for me. So I didn't pay much attention. <laughs> um, it's hang on. I'm pulling it up. It's uh I want to say late August or September. Okay. So it's like August 29th and then September 20th for J- for Boston. So JFK comes first. Boston comes three weeks later. Gotcha. Yeah. I'd prefer um, to be on the Boston flight, I think. But Yeah. And time, I mean, unfortunately, timing-wise, the Boston flight is two days before a conference in LA. So that's probably a bad plan. <laughs> uh, four days before, it's like that's on a Wednesday and the conference starts on Tuesday. So I mean, I guess I could fly... T- well, now Boston, Boston to Amsterdam to LA. I think it's a perfect. You stop in Amsterdam for beer and head to LA. You know, the last time I connected in Amsterdam without actually clearing immigration, there I got set to immigration secondary. So <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying you have to go in for a beer. Like you go, okay, you enter yeah. the country. I mean, well, I, your- it was the final KLM MD11 flight. I think I told you this before. It was the, that flight, and so I connect. I flew. LaGuardia, Montreal, Amsterdam, Newark in like 18 hours. <laughs> and I, I never can't. cleared in Amsterdam. So when the guy asked me, you know, he's like, get your bags. It was back when they used to check your forms on the way out at Newark. And I was like, I'm good. I had my backpack. That's all I brought with me. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, go get your bags. I'm like, uh-huh. And then he's like, finally finished with the guy in front of me and calls me over. He's like, where are your bags? I'm like, this is all I have. He's like, where are you coming from? I'm like, technically Amsterdam, but I wasn't really there. And he's like, I don't have time for you. Go talk to this other guy. <laughs> You're causing my head to hurt. Yeah. Well, that, w- but that was also the one where he's like, wait, what are you doing? And I told him and explained, I'm a journalist, blah, blah, blah. He says, sit down. He starts typing away on his computer. He calls me back up like 10 minutes later. He's like, okay, tell me about this airplane. And I start telling him about it. He's like, didn't it have this sort of issue? And da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, that happened, this and that. And gave him some more information. He's like, well, what about this? And I finally realized he was reading through the Wikipedia page. Yeah, great. Yeah, like you get a quiz so that you. Yeah. Can, yeah. Which you know, this came up the other 
years ago now with someone else. Like, I can't believe that Customs is using Wikipedia as their source for quizzing people. And I got to say, of all the options that are available, like, if I was just making shit up and didn't really know what I was talking about, I would not have had answers to those couple things. So I'm not entirely opposed to them doing it that way. But it was pretty funny. Well, I mean, I think, I mean... Part of me says, yeah, it's fine. I, I'm fine with Wikipedia these days. I think Wikipedia's gotten much better than it used to be. But I think what bothers me more is like you have to be an expert in the thing that that you were going. What if you're What if you're a hobbyist? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, you you didn't know that this MD11 had an O ring that failed back in 1978. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> prison. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> also, like, what were you gonna do? Not let me come home? Yeah, exactly. But anyways, yes. And then that whole thing finished was like, okay, well, I still have to search your bag. Are you sure you don't want to change any of your answers? I was like, yes, I really just want to go home and go to sleep. Final answer. Do I get a, do I get a million dollars? Phone a friend? I don't understand. <laughs> Poll the audience? What's going on here? Anyway. So, um, so here's, here's, a, here's some other bit of news here. Uh, Atlantic Airways to uh, Faroe Islands to um, – what is this? Uh, Stewart. White, Stewart. White, white Plains, right? Is that Stewart? Not white. Well, it's not HPN. It's White Plains. This is like further north. Okay. West, this is Westchester, basically. Yeah. Eh. No. It's, I think it's even – it's like an hour north of New York. Okay. So they're going to fly this. You should be on that inaugural. I would happily go back to the Faroe Islands. Um, it's in Orange County. It's another, it's another county oh, okay. north. Yep, yep. Um. I would happily go back to the Faroe Islands uh, and Atlantic Airways. I mean, they, they're flying a 321 Neo, I think, on that route now, or is the plan. Uh, I did them a 320 from Keflavik over to, I'm blanking on the name of what the actual airport is there, but there's just the one. So, you know, um, it's going to be a very interesting route. They want to do some cargo export of seafood. Okay. And I'm not sure what they'll bring back if the cargo, you know, belly will come back full of cargo from the States are empty. But basically everything that arrives in the Faroe Islands comes via air or sea. So, you know, they import a lot of their food. It's but it's a gorgeous place. I mean, and this is going to be would it, would it be a shorter flight than London? I mean, it's further north, right? It's further north. I'm not sure overall time wise how much how long it'll take. It's Vagar is the name of the airport. Yeah. And it looks the airport itself looks amazing. Like it's just like mountains and ocean. Yeah. I would Yeah. You like land on like it really was cool. You there's like a strip between the mountains that's sort of cut out and you just sort of drop in. Yeah. I, I would yeah, I would go I'd fly here just for that. I mean, that's pretty yeah. that's pretty sweet. Um how often are they gonna fly this? I didn't read all the details like that, man. Uh, it's 400 miles shorter than Newark to London. So, so it should be a little a half hour shorter flight probably. So why do you think Stewart? I think, think it's once a week maybe was to start um, because Stewart is paying people to show up lately. Oh, interesting. And getting slots at Newark or JFK is hard. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I, I just wonder, are you going to capture enough from, from, you know, the upper so, Hudson Valley. So there's, I mean, this is the thing. Norwegian was doing flights out of Stewart at one point. People have done, there's someone else is coming back. Is it someone else is going back? Maybe it's play mm. was going to do Stewart at one point. Um, maybe they announced that and then bailed on it and went back to JFK. There were, there was some drama there. Um, 
Stewart really wants that international service. They really want to play that reliever airport role. And they do a bus to and from Midtown, like timed for arrivals. So it's not terrible in terms of the commute in and out. But what's the demand for traffic to the Faroe Islands anyway? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Is this really a cargo flight that happens to have a few seats on board? Yeah. Because if you're trying to get to the Faroes, your only other options are basically go to Copenhagen and backtrack or go to Keflavik and continue on. I'm not sure if they've changed it, but when we did it, you had to change airports in Iceland. Oh, to like go to the domestic one? You go to the downtown one, yeah. I think that's since changed because they were trying to close that airport in general. Hmm. Or bring jets out of it and leave it only as the really small stuff. But either way, like not a popular route, but also like it's just not there's there's very little lift there because there's very little demand. Yeah. And maybe bringing a flight in and selling tickets cheap, right? You can induce demand to some extent. And truly anyone, if you're in the general vicinity of Stewart and have interest in cool nature and hiking and waterfalls and gorgeous land, go to the Faroe Islands. Yeah. It is absolutely stunning. Uh, as an av geek, back when we went, I'm sure it still exists. There was a helicopter for a couple of the islands that aren't on the road network. And it's subsidized by the government, so it's a super cheap commute flight. Then you can get a hella tour of the Faroes for like fifty bucks. Yeah, I've seen that. They still have it. Yeah, they, they advertise it actually on there. Yeah, the you, the trick, the kicker is you're not supposed to use it as a hella tour, so you can't fly out and back the same day. When we did it, we flew, we helicoptered out and took a ferry back, and gotcha. it was a gorgeous day. We did some hiking along the way. It was wonderful. Highly recommend. But that said, like. They got to fill a couple hundred seats a week, and I'm not sure that that's really going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's for sale yet. I was going to look and see what prices were, but I, I I don't see it. Yeah. So yes, when when it comes for sale, I would consider. I mean, it's a schlep for us to get to, all the way down to Stewart, but I mean, I, I I would go out of my way. I would go out of my way to do it if if we were going to do it all together. I would I would I'd find yeah. it to get to Stewart because one, the Faroe Islands look amazing. So it really is cool. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alaskan Starlux, uh, uh, the partnership I didn't see coming. Right. I mean, there, there's yes and, I, yes and no on that. It's a four hour drive for me to the airport. Sure. Why not? <laughs> it's better than the 81 mile, actually, I mean, 81 hour walk. Um, <laughs> Alaska likes to still have its random partnerships and. In some ways, you could argue that this sort of steps on some of the one worldishness of going into Southeast Asia through Cathay. I don't know, but they're unaligned and they need part of this. I mean, right. A big part of this is that Starlux needs feed at L.A. and Alaska can provide that. Yep. Alaska's happy to sell its you know capacity onward to third parties at a disc, you know, for decent. uh interline fare rates and always has been. So it's a good way for them to sell a few extra seats. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think for flyers, it's, it's good news. I think it makes sense. Starlux, I don't think was going to partner with anybody else. They're not, they're not going to partner with star Alliance, right? Like that's not going to happen because of the, um, Ava. You know, right. Membership. And then, uh, it's, is it, it's, uh, China airlines. Yeah. China airlines is a member of sky team, right? Right. 
So I, I guess that leaves America like one. It leaves one world really for Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, is do we just go ahead and start? I mean, we, and it's certainly not us starting up. Start the rumor that they're going to join one world because of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's a reason. Like you kind of said, right? There's already some feed in Asia, so I feel like it would be harder for them to get into one world. I. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Not. Although Cathay is way less strong, way less powerful than it used to be in True. terms of the part in the, in the sort of alliance. So who knows? I mean, that just leaves, I guess it leaves Jal in Northern Asia. And I can't think if there's any, I mean, there's Sri Lankan. Yeah. Sri Lankan's a member and then Qantas. And then Qantas. South. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and to be fair, like, you know, Alaska partners with Singapore. Um, right. So I, I think this makes, it makes sense. And, I think it's good for I think it's good for flyers to just be able to earn a few miles on on the Starlux flights, yeah. which which are surprisingly priced. I, I think Zip Airs may be cheaper, but Starlux isn't that isn't that bad actually. Yeah, and Starlux is trying to sell itself as a full service carrier compared to Zip Air, which is very much not. Yeah, we're trying to sell ourselves as a a, a low cost slash yeah. uh you know, buy, buy, uh, buy in piecemeal carrier. Yeah. But there's also the, uh, other one from Korea. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. There's just another like value carrier from Korea. That's trying to do the same thing. Who's probably similarly priced, but oh, didn't, didn't know that. Um, it's finally, you know, it's one of the things. There's a lot of these. Uh, Premiera, Premia, excuse me, Premia. I did, I do remember that name, yeah. Yeah, I means from two years ago they were starting, and then it finally happened. Um, there's, there's a lot of that going on right now. Things that were a good idea before the pandemic, or maybe not a good idea, but were at least being pitched as an idea before the pandemic sort of derailed everything for a few years, and now we're back. Yep. Yep. Oh so, man, Premia. So go ahead. Uh, it's pre- is it Premia? Air? Premia, P-R-E-M-I-A. M-I-A, okay. Yeah. yeah. Air Premia. Okay, found it. Yep. What were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say, just in terms of things that are insane from pre-pandemic that are finally happening, uh, also the Mexican government finally is getting rid of their 787. Oh, they found a buyer? Yeah. Who? Tajikistan. It wasn't expecting that. Hey, you never know, man. <laughs> is it to the government itself? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And uh, the good folks over at OMD, which is, you know, the biggest airline you've never heard of that doesn't own any planes and still flies a ton, uh, did the handle the delivery flight, which is kind of funny. That is cool. Do they fly nonstop? Uh, they are delivering it somewhere. I think they moved it up into the States to do a paint job. Gotcha. So that was just the first flight. Um, and they have not. It has not actually made it to, to, to Tajikistan yet. I wonder if they're going to fly like straight to Dushanbe or if they're going to go somewhere else. You should be able to. I mean, it's got it's a 787. It's got the legs. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Especially with no one on it. Yeah, it'd be, I mean, that's a cool man. I bet his flight log looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually going to see him in London, but he took an earlier flight because you know he wanted to get home. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. Um. Oh, that'll be that's fascinating. I wonder what they're gonna do with it. Do you think it'll just be like the governmental? It's gonna be their government. Yeah, it's the the same thing Mexico was originally gonna do. It's uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I, I in some ways it makes sense given 
where they're located and need to sort of get around for the government um, to have a plane that has those legs, right? It's expensive yeah, to have a plane that can do that and to keep it in service and all of those things. Well, know, in- Japan had used its airlines and sort of had the commercial airline, right? Had a plane. Like there's some, sometimes the countries do that instead yep. and basically pay, pay into the airline to make sure that the planes can be available when they need them. But, these guys wanted their own plane. Here you go. Well, well Dushanbe's hot and high too, right? Like it's it's in the mountains. I think. I don't know. So I believe I, that. I mean, I think having the legs. Yeah, I mean, it's like right on the it's right on the edge of a mountain, two mount, massive mountain ranges. So, um, I I think having the legs on a plane is important just for the fact that you don't necessarily need to fuel it all the way up to get out and get somewhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And it's not a long runway there in Dushanbe. So it's, you know, it's fun times. Yeah. It should be a fun takeoff. Anyway. Um, what else do we got? Silver. Oh no. A new Southwest airlines livery for Hawaii. Yeah, Imuru one. It's, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. So this is another state plane. This is for Hawaii. I like it. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, Imuru means moving forward or something like that. Hmm. So. I'm slightly surprised that they didn't do this as part of their launch in Hawaii. Yeah. Like had a plane ready, you know, that just seems like something they would do. See, there's this thing called the pandemic. I know. <laughs> everything that was supposed, everything special and extra took a extra, took a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other nice thing about it is though, that this plane is the first one to have the USB power active. Oh, so, uh, Southwest is, on new deliveries, and I think some of the 738s are getting retrofit with power, but not the 73Gs. Oh, okay. So, USB at the seat, man. That's Exciting nice. times. It's nice. Is it all USB-A? Yeah, I believe so. How long do you think it'll be before we get USB-C? Only USB-C? Well... If some airlines are doing A and C combo ports, is why I asked that. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with the combo i guess i would rather have like 110 and USB-C personally yeah um just because of fast charging stuff and I, i'm gonna correct myself it's on the max fleet only it sounds like not even the eights mm. um and it is a c and a so you get it it's a combo port oh nice for the devices uh yeah, 60 good. watts on the c port and 10 and a half watts on the a yeah 60 watts is nice it's enough to keep yeah. a laptop charged nice. and 10 and a half is actually very high for uh, a yeah <laughs> it's just 10 and a half is, you know, it's kind of for a joke. phone, which is what you typically power off an A. It's not bad. Yeah, it's true. Our tablet. I mean, well, it's it even it can actually manage the tablets these days, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it would keep the tablet charged. I don't right. know that it'll if you're using it. I don't know that it'll charge it. So, yeah. And it definitely I'm rereading my notes from when I wrote about this two years ago uh, or last year. It is. Uh, it is the Maxon. The Maxon. I love that we've 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 taken that and used that as the name. Yeah, is what it is. Um, Silver Airways, uh, Orlando to Nashville to Greensboro. Is it? Yeah, is it via Nashville or via Greensboro? What should I write? You wrote via Nashville. Okay. Um, I think it's via Greensboro, so I may have typed that wrong. So it goes um, it goes Orlando to Greensboro to Nashville. 
I think. Are you clicking on that link? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's it's it looks like it goes Greensboro to Nashville, Greensboro to Orlando. Yeah, so they're using it as like a scissor hub. Greensboro. Yeah, and it's like a, I think it's a through flight basically. So and it's but it's daily service, which is interesting. I it's 550 miles from Orlando to Greensboro, which is a long time on a ATR 72. Yeah. It's not I mean, it could be worse. It could be Toronto, Billy Bishop to Myrtle Beach. Or what's their what's their setup on the seventy twos? Is it all two two two? Yeah, all two two. It's, they fill them. Yeah, I mean that's it's not terrible. It's just it's also not the most comfortable ride for, but an hour I could do an hour, an hour and a half even I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I mean five five hundred something miles on an ATR's probably got a block closer to two hours. Yeah. So it's again, it's not the end of the world, and they, there is no service today. I that, well, I should check that before I say it. I'm not sure that there's service right now between Greensboro and uh, Orlando, so or Nashville, quite frankly. So if you're the only one, you, you get some benefit there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's if it's a route that you need to fly, I mean, I'm guessing that's because there's been a bit of population jump, but in those two places, so you know. Orlando's yeah. Orlando's got some people that are you know living or visiting quite frequently uh, Nashville or or Greensboro, um, and so they see this as a a nice service to have. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, Silver is the only airline flying those routes, so I I don't know. I, I I'm looking at the seat and everything because I I just haven't I hadn't I haven't flown Silver because I'm not based in Florida. It's it looks rough. <laughs> like it's fine. It's just it's fine. It's you know thirty one inch pitch, two two on a snare on a regional. Like I wonder what the noise is like on an ATR. It is a prop. It's not the worst in the world, but it's not it's not great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's good serve. It's good to have the service, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you posted an article from the Financial Times about U.S. and China flight limits continuing. Uh, Want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So right, there's – in theory, there's a bilateral treaty that allows for lots of flights between the U.S. and China. Uh, I think it's 28 a day. And as COVID ramped up, the Chinese authorities put a bunch of limits in mostly because they were had the zero COVID policy. They wanted to test everybody that landed. And there's only so much capacity for that. Yep. And then the U.S. reciprocated on those limits, basically slashing access for the Chinese carriers into the United States. And here we are three years on. China no longer has those limits in terms of you know, testing rules and things like that and requiring people to arrive at specific airports. But there are a lot of – it's still down to only – I want to say eight flights from China and 12 from the U S um, possibly a week. Wow. So it, the, the, the capacity is massively slashed right now. And apparently the latest round of negotiations, the Chinese asked to be able to operate the same number as the U S can, I bring it up to 12 and the U S said, sure. That's cool. Just as long as you don't overfly Russia on the way. <laughs> and China said F that. Uh 
your 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 fight with Russia is not our problem. Uh, you know, freedom of air travel, blah 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 blah, which is similar to the position IATA took early on in the in, after Russia attacked Ukraine in terms of trying to make it such that overflight should never be limited and et cetera. And that, you know, Russia shouldn't be, held, you know, shouldn't be punished for in terms of flight overflight issues and blocked from access because movement of people is more important than Russia's genocidal actions. So oh, yeah. makes that, sense. That's not great. Um, but so the U S has basically said they're, they're at an impasse there. China also somewhat justifiably raises the point that the U.S. isn't enforcing similar rules on the UAE. Yep. For example, Emirates overflies Russia every day, many times, um, and several other countries. So it's just, it's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I would be happy to see those flights limited, but we're not there. Do you, I mean, here's, here's a question, you know, if, if I add a, I mean, add, add took a, I added took a stance. Um, if we said tomorrow, okay, overflights of Russia can now happen. Is does anyone expect Russia to to allow U.S. overflight or even EU overflight? And how comfortable are those carriers overflying Russia? Well, so right, that's the thing. Is like, would you be comfortable getting on a plane knowing that your diversion point might be in Russia right now? No, absolutely not. So it might be a non-issue. I yeah, I'm just saying like. That's that's the point I'm making though. Is like even as a, I mean, for the Chinese it doesn't matter. But you're if you're a Chinese carrier, right, carrying Americans or Europeans for that matter. Yeah, I mean, do the Americans to, potentially booking a flight on one of the Chinese airlines realize that they're going to fly over Russia and do they care? And yeah, I exactly. Guess probably not. But but and if they divert and become you know essentially POWs like a journalist, don't don't be right. a journalist, you know. Um, then, then you're screwed. Yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's the same, the same can be said for the Emirates flights or the Qatari flights or the Air India flights that all overfly Russia. Yes. Today. So maybe it's a non-issue. I'm overthinking it. I just, I don't know. It's this whole thing is, it's such a complex problem that I don't know. I, I don't know that telling, Ch- I'm okay with telling China not to overfly Russia. Um, and, you know, the, the main reason the, U, the U.S. carriers are lobbying for it basically because uh, competitive disadvantage, right? The Chinese can fly nonstop to the East Coast with that yep. routing and the U.S. carriers can't. Yep. And so people are having to basically connect in Japan and in Korea to go onward. Which, by the way, the Japanese and Korean airlines are very happy to carry all that traffic. Yeah, I mean, they're they're fine with it, I'm guessing, because it makes up for their, them having to fly way out of the way to go to Europe. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it, this, something has to give, right? I think, I think the, I wonder if the U S carriers are finally going to push. I mean, I know United probably won't for Emirates because they have this partnership now. Um, but I wonder if the U S carriers will start to push for like air India to, to not overfly Russia. Yeah. Nice theory. I don't think it's going to happen. Or you think the, the, the horse is out of the barn as they say. Yeah. I don't. I, I think it would be very hard to get that to stop at this point. And for better or worse, some level of connectivity is needed. I mean, you can't ruin all of it. Yeah. So not great. Yeah, it's not great. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I mean, 
is there any chance that U.S. carriers get back into China? Because for there for a while, it looked like United was really planning to put you know Shanghai and Beijing back on the route maps. Um, I think they are from San Francisco, but just they can't do it from the East Coast because of the routings. Yeah, I mean, I saw Chicago at one point, but I don't know if that's stuck. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think it's it's fascinating to me, all of this, the, the politics, global yeah. intrigue, you know. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, the others are going to be there. Excuse me. That uh, Yeah, right now it's just San Francisco for Q3 on United. Yeah. Um, let's talk about WestJet. They finally launched service to Tokyo. Yeah. Should, should Exciting. Nice pat on the back. How long, how long did that take? Uh, like 12 years. No. Uh, <laughs> so this was when they announced this 787s way back in the day. Uh, the original plan was, arguably that was the, always the plan. They, they announced they were going to go to Asia. Yep. Um, and then they launched, uh, What's it called? They launched London instead. Yep. So. And so now they're they're there. I mean, I think it makes sense. Um, it's Cal- it's Calgary to Tokyo, correct? Uh yeah. For me, it makes sense just because it's another option from Western to Central Canada to get to Asia. Yeah, and it's it's sort of like the Finland bit where you get far enough north, and then the connections are easy. Yeah. Um. Looking at this, they announced 2018 Europe for a 2019 start, and that was after. So I think when the uh, original order was announced, I'm just check, going back through. Was geez, a long time ago, um, 2017, and they were talking oh, wow. about serving uh, Asia. Wow. Hmm. Well, they've done it. By George. Yeah. So, uh huh. Worth remembering that it was a f- former United route planning guy who originally set that up. Well, and we've talked about WestJet kind of cutting back their European service. Yeah, so they uh, they originally when they brought them online, they ended up going to um, all the European cities, and then when they moved everything back out West, they still have Calgary, London, if I remember correctly, but that's it now. Yep. And, uh, definitely have scaled back, um, a lot of service, you know, many of the other things that they used to, uh, operate to because it was, (laughs) it was time to move on basically. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I, I, there, I think what, what I'm trying to say is there wasn't a good fee, there wasn't good demand to go from the West to the smaller cities in Europe enough to justify keeping it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at the list now of where they're flying. Um, it looks like they've still got Barcelona from, from Calgary, from Toronto. Uh, let me rerun it and find out. Uh, Barcelona is actually from Calgary. Oh, okay. Not daily, but they got it. Um, and Paris is still running this year too. Oh, so. I think that was I think that was the thing that threw me off yeah. with them was that they you know, flew. I, I, yeah, I got to sorry, I got to Dublin, Edinburgh, and Rome. They really do actually still have a pretty solid European, more than I thought, going on this year. All all to Toronto though. No, these are all to Calgary. Oh, 
I, I, I think that's what, I think that's what threw me off was with, with them. It seemed like they flew, they were splitting their ops, right? To, to with Toronto and they were trying to make Toronto, they were trying to directly compete with Air Canada. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, you have this whole market on the West, right? Like you could take away some traffic from Vancouver if you wanted and, and actually compete. And it sounds like that's kind of what they're doing, which is let's, let's focus on Calgary and, and make, you know, make sure we're, we're, we're serving the markets there. I mean, they're, they're serving Vancouver, Puerto Vallarta with a 787 too. So there's that. Hey, listen, you know, there's, there's business. <laughs> there's, I mean, it's still, it's still winter up here, even if it was 75 yesterday. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what do I got here? Oh, wrong, wrong query. Sorry. I'm just looking to make sure, trying to get all the, it's Barcelona, Paris, Dublin, Edinburgh, Rome, Gatwick and Heathrow, hmm. uh, Paris, Gatwick and Heathrow are all daily. The others are less than daily. Mm. So I wonder, I'm, I've got a, I've got a London trip. I've got a plan. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give them a shot. Yeah. I would, I would read that trip report. I I wouldn't write it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's easy for me to commit to reading it. <laughs> I might film the takeoff and landing, and you know, that, that's yeah, about there it. you go. Would uh, watch time lapse of takeoff. <laughs> um, I think that's I think that's a show. Um, first we have to I think we have to apologize to our Patreon subscribers before we end the show. Um, yeah, we had I a little bit of a, we had a little bit of a glitch in the matrix and lost the bonus show last week, so we apologize. We've we've given Seth his fifty licks and he's 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 understood. Gonna try to do better this time, no promises. Yes, yes. Do better. Yes. Yes, so. boss. But uh yeah, thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate it. Leave a comment on Twitter or wherever you would like. You can email us too. Um and let us know what we screwed up this week. Yeah, I, and- I speaking of comments on Twitter, we did receive one mention from another uh in line with my uh, change of heart last week regarding the AA schedule, uh, reward chart changes or lack thereof. Yeah. Lack of heart changes. Uh, one of our other listeners, a lifetime executive platinum or lifetime platinum, sorry, uh, reached out to note that they also are seeing award rates significantly higher than they used to be and are very annoyed. So it yeah. happens. It's shitty. Sorry. We didn't do it. It's not our fault. <laughs> um, yeah, but thank you, uh, to, to the listeners and, and everyone for, for, uh, tuning in thanks to our patreon subscribers uh bradley a kyle p and brad d they're new patreon subscribers we appreciate it and if you'd like to listen to the bonus episode you can just uh become a patreon subscriber and stick around it'll show up in a minute so thanks for listening happy travels take care